Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 124 of the Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and it's with great pleasure we bring you yet another uh, episode of All Things Cruise. Now, today's episode is a little bit shorter. Um, That's mainly because the majority of the cruise news that was out there this week was around the promotions and the sales around Black Friday, Cyber Monday, etc. And we don't generally get too involved in those here on the show, so uh, we've got uh, some true cruise news to get through. And whilst we thought we didn't have any maritime history... Chris does uh, surprises with a little bit of spontaneous uh, history there uh, towards the end of the show. Um, thank you once again to those of you that are listening, liking, and subscribing in whatever app you choose to listen to podcasts. We really do appreciate it. In fact, we've got a shout-out in just a second uh, to somebody who did just that. But even more importantly, if you can share it with somebody you think that uh, may appreciate uh, this kind of podcast, um, that goes even further. Really do appreciate anything that you can do to help uh, spread the news of the Big Cruise podcast. But let's get the show on the road. Let's get Chris on the line and enjoy the show. And of course, our favourite part of the show is where we welcome back our good friend and maritime historian, Chris Frame. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Yeah, good night. Good. Very good. good. I'm getting excited, Baz. I know. I was just going to say it's uh, not too far. It's uh, fast approaching your next cruise. Yeah, very exciting. Where are you off to? Can we talk about it yet? Or I think I think we can. I think we can. It's, so we're going with um, Norwegian Cruise Line, and we'll be on the uh, arrival into Australia of Norwegian Spirit, the first Norwegian Cruise Line ship back in Australian waters since the pandemic. So we're really excited about that, um, and we'll be bringing videos and podcasts from the ship. So it's a, it's awesome. a few weeks away, but um, you know, all things going according to plan, we should be able to uh, provide that to listeners for our. Yeah. Um, either very late December or early early 2024 podcasts. 23. Don't, don't lose a year, 23, mate. sorry. 23. <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, my gosh. So I'm reading – I've got the news notes here in front of me, and they're all talking about next year. <laughs> gosh, good, no, you good. won't have to wait until 2024. Although, if you are listening to this in 2024, it will be uploaded, and you can find it in our back catalogue. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm keen to, to get your thoughts on Spirit, because she's had a multi, multi, multi-million dollar makeover. I think it was something yeah. like $100 million spent on her. So she's pretty much a, a new ship. Um, they've, they've removed yeah. most of their uh, – Kids facilities. They they're not saying they don't welcome kids, but they're very much adult centric. I think on on the, the new version of Spirit. So, yeah, can't wait to hear all about it. Because of course she started her career off as um, uh, you know superstar Leo for um, uh, superstar cruises, and 
even though she had been in the Norwegian Cruise Line fleet for quite a while, uh, much of the sort of signature interior design spaces did date back to that era. So okay. the ship's now got that, you know, as you say, that multi-million dollar refurbishment. She's now been um, completely reimagined. So I'm very excited about seeing what it looks like inside. Yes, no, me too. Can't wait, can't wait. Um, but I guess we should uh, probably jump straight into the cruise this week. We haven't got any maritime history this week. We're, we're a bit short of time this week, so let's no, jump straight. You do, th- you do have a thank you, though, don't you? Oh, I do, yes. Well, good, yeah. good reminder, yes. Um, thank you to well, – you didn't give your name. Basically, you called yourself um, – Thank you for the love of cruising, um, because I love cruising. And I believe you submitted this review on Apple Podcasts, so thank you very, very much. And for anybody else that is willing to do so, wherever you listen to your podcast, just jump on and uh, leave us a review. Um, and uh, you said, love, love the helpful tips and also how you explain the various neighborhoods on the ships. I'm guessing we were probably talking about the New Royal Caribbean ship. Yes, uh, I think that must have been it. Yeah. Great idea for the people getting on the cruise for the first time. And I also enjoy hearing about the new ships coming out and what's of them for the season cruises. You sold me on taking the newest one coming out next year. Awesome podcasts. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Day made. That's perfect. (laughs) Makes it all worthwhile. Yes, absolutely. That's very kind. (laughs) Now, uh, let's kick off straight with the, the latest news, uh, a cruise line close to my heart. As you know, Windstar has uh, just arrived into Sydney for the very, very first time. I know. How exciting. So, mm. they've brought in uh, Star Breeze, which is one of their super yachts. Um, it's got uh, 312 passenger capacity, and it's uh, been in Sydney. Um, it's uh, then heading off for a privately chartered cruise to mm. Melbourne. So it will nice. be arriving there in December. And, you know, um, these private charters are something that has happened uh, multiple times, not with Windstar particularly, but with cruise lines throughout yep. throughout history. And it does sometimes see the ships coming to unique uh, ports and locations, but it also gives the cruise lines an opportunity, I think, to see how that ship works in that area. So maybe, hopefully, we might see Windstar ships coming back. Yeah, well, they're certainly here for this season, and uh, I believe the next season they've committed to as well. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we we see quite a bit more of uh, Windstar down in this particular part of the world. That's really Um, wonderful. So this ship was the one that was cut in half uh, during its refurbishment and had a new lengthening process uh, with a new block of of, of ship, full ship from from top to bottom, uh, installed in the center, and it allowed it to uh, grow in size. It gave it 50 new suites, and also they were able to build in two new restaurants there. So it's really exciting. Mm, no, it does. It looks absolutely fabulous. Um, we're going to stay close to home this time, talking about Cunard. There's been a little bit of doom and gloom and bad press around Queen Elizabeth. Um, unfortunately, she did have to cancel a visit to uh, Bali in Indonesia. Yeah, so they had they they ended up skipping Bali. Um, it was done. Uh, Cunard is saying in consultation with the Indonesian health authorities. Uh, reports that are on the internet at the moment from multiple sources, including uh, some fairly reputable uh, news channels here, are saying that it's about ten to fifteen percent of passengers have COVID on board, and so the ship is now going straight down to Fremantle in Western Australia. Given it's doing an around Australia cruise with Australian passengers on board, they'll disembark the passengers in. Um, in Fremantle at the end of that voyage. Fabulous. Um, and, of course, we've got quite a few ships also coming through, uh, Fremantle in the, ne- the next couple of weeks or so. We've got uh, mm. Oceania, <clears throat> Azamara, Holland America, to name just a few coming in over the next yeah. couple of weeks. So, uh, and, hopefully gonna- and throughout t- 2023 as well, there's a number of uh, ships and, and cruise lines coming back, including P&O Australia, which will be bringing uh, Pacific uh, Explorer across here in 2023. And she'll actually... Uh, but doing a very special cruise next year uh, in April up to 
the north of Western Australia to see the solar eclipse. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool to see. You know, the local cruise line coming back, and that they'd already sort of started um, sort of distancing themselves a little bit from Fremantle before the pandemic, just due to uh, operational reasons, and uh, to see them able to return and and do such a special voyage is really cool as well. Yeah, there it is. Now, speaking of special voyages, our friends at Silversea have announced the the first milestone in their second Nova class ship. Yes, yeah, so they've done the uh, steel cutting ceremony at Mayerwerft in Papenburg, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and this is for Silver Ray, which is their latest uh, ship in that Nova class. Um, and so, the steel cutting ceremony is really when you sort of uh, generally they, they sort of do a ceremonial pressing of the button to start the big machine for cutting mm-hmm. the big steel sheets. Uh, quite often, they'll, they'll cut like a special sort of commemorative piece first and then they start cutting the pieces that are going to be used for the ship and that really does mark the the first time that like anything is specifically for that ship in terms of the building process so um, generally a fairly important step on that uh, journey towards building a new ship. Mm. And they have acknowledged that Silver Nova, which will be the first, of course, the, the namesake of this class of ship, um, she is going to be slightly delayed due to uh, delays in the pipeline. Um, mm. She's now going to be released uh, – uh, sorry, she's now going to uh, complete her first sailing on the 14th of August, 2023, which will be a round trip from Fusina, which Ooh. is uh, a smaller port for Venice. That's nice. And I guess that's the other thing with Venice is that they're trying to uh, keep some of the – the tonnage away from the main port of Venice, so there'll be you know other opportunities there to visit uh, Venice by using alternate ports. And of course, with um, Silver Sea, their ships aren't those mega ships that that, that cause the most concern. But mm-hmm. I think we'll see more and more of that. Yep, absolutely. Um, staying in Antarctica for just a moment, uh, the great guys at Seabourn have uh, arrived into Antarctica for the first time on Seabourn Venture. <laughs> I liked your intro there, staying in Antarctica, as if it was a, you know, a common a common thing. But we are seeing more and more of it, aren't we, Baz? With yeah. um, with with many more cruise lines trying of trying out voyages to Antarctica. Seabourn Venture is there. I mean, that's I think it's on both of our bucket lists, isn't it? Going mm, to Antarctica. Absolutely. Uh, and this is—it looks fantastic. They're—they're they're doing this uh, Great White Continent voyage, um, and the naming ceremony for the ship is taking place whilst it's down there on the twentieth, or took place, should I say, whilst it was down there on the twentieth of November. Yes, that's right, Chris. Um, yeah, got some great images actually in the the show notes. So if anybody wants to take a quick look at those, jump into the the. The website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and uh, look for this episode, episode 124, and check out some of the great images that are there as well. Mm. The uh, ship was uh, built in, in Norway, um, well, launched in Norway, rather, and the company, they, you know, it's very far away, obviously, from where it was, where, where it's sort of construction and, and, and uh, launching pla- uh, platform took place. So they've uh, taken it all the way down to Antarctica because this continent is the, the main reason well, it kind of signifies everything as to why the ship was designed. It uh, is a special expedition ship that's designed to go to far-flung places, places that many of the bigger cruise ships can't go to. So it, it kind of was very fitting for them to take it down to Antarctica um, for the actual naming ceremony. Mm. And uh, regular listeners will recall that Robin West, who is the head of expeditions at Seabourn, um, was previously a guest on the show. So jump into the archives if you want to hear a little chat from him and his thoughts and plans that they had in place for, for the ship when we spoke to yeah. him. Oh, it would have been more than 12 months ago now. That's another thing for those people listening in 2024 to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, we've been talking about Carnival and the, the year-long celebration of uh, 
Carnival's 50th uh, anniversary, mm, of course. Yeah. Um, we kind of got to the, the ultimate milestone in the past week, Chris, when Carnival uh, had its naming ceremony for Carnival Celebration at their brand new terminal, Terminal F in Miami. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you've been to Miami, you know how busy the port is and how, you know, it's not just the, the array of different ships there, but there's a very long sort of pier with multiple different terminals. And the terminal experience is becoming more and more important, I think, to, mm. to how you can embark on the ship and keep it, um, you know, fl- things flowing and keep the excitement and entertainment and stuff starting from the moment you arrive at the at the quayside. And particularly with these very large ships, you need to have sort of purpose-built facilities to allow for embarkation and disembarkation in a timely manner. So Terminal F is their new facility there. Five of their 24 ships are permanently homeported in Miami, so it's quite a big presence. Um, and they expect that they will be using that terminal and mm. the other facilities there to see 20,000 people per week going in and out of the ships. Incredible numbers, isn't it? It's insane when you think about it. But uh, yes, well done to all. And of course, as we're recording this on the 27th of November, um, Carnival Celebration will begin her first rotation on week-long Eastern and Western Caribbean sailings, which take in um, popular ports uh, in the Dominican Republic, St. Thomas, Cozumel, Costa Maya, uh, with regular Sunday departures from now on. How exciting. Well, enjoy that to all those lucky people going on board. Mm. And celebrations at uh, Princess this week, Chris, because uh, Diamond Princess was the last of the Princess fleets to return to return back into service. Mm. And uh, she's actually uh, in a different destination right now, because obviously we normally expect her to be in, uh, in Japan. Uh, but right now she's uh, setting sail for a season of Mexico and Hawaii sailings. Yeah, absolutely. So she's had her um, a return to service. She's now doing these uh, Mexican voyages down to the Mexican Riviera from the Californian uh, ports there and also making uh, visits to the Hawaiian Islands. Now, this one obviously would have to come from and go to another destination because it's not flagged in the United States, but it will be doing those voyages. Um, and then they're doing a 20-day cruise to Central America as well from San Diego, uh, which departs today actually on the 27th. So um, that's, a, you know, Another nice and unique use for the ship. Yes, great to see uh, the last of the Princess ships back into service there. And uh, Diamond Princess, a very, very popular ship. Of course, she's been up in Japan for quite some time, but uh, great to see her elsewhere in the world now. And speaking of elsewhere in the world, Chris, we've got some great news from the team at Pandor, who, have, of mm. course, we know for pioneering uh, river cruising, particularly in the Mekong. Uh, they're going one step further and uh, delving even deeper, for want of a better word. Yeah, they're going to sail up further up the uh, main Mekong River than any other river cruise has ever done uh, before for regular passenger voyages. Um, they're creating a whole heap of pioneer- pioneering routes that will see them uh, explore this waterway between uh, Cambodia and Vietnam. So it's uh, you know a unique opportunity to to use this uh, very nice ship that they've got um, to make their to make a uh, a voyage that hasn't been done before. Mm. So uh, they've got a variety of different sizes of vessels, but this one is actually one of the original ones, um, mm. which is uh, beautiful teak decks everywhere. Um, she's got 24 staterooms. Uh, and she's been refurbished recently. She's got a new spa facility on board as well. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, these new sailings will uh, be starting from the 15th of December 2023. They're initially offered to uh, previous guests first, but in the next coming weeks or so, if you're interested mm. in one of these, speak to your local uh, clear travel agents and they'll be able to help you out with that sounds good and last but by no means least uh, i actually attended a uniworld event this week and uh, learned oh, some cool. great information around the uniworld rivers of the world cruise in 2024 
Well, I mean, I didn't attend the event, but I do have the, um, a few a few pointers here. That it's a fifteen to five night trip that's going to set sail from the third of October. Uh, it leaves from Lima in Peru and is going across three different continents and ten countries. Um, and this sailings on board four luxury superships. But I think what would be really interesting is to hear your perspective about Baz, given that you were at the uh, launch event. Yeah, so they did actually do this in 20... They've got one going in 2023. When it went on mm. sale back uh, back in... Actually, during the pandemic, it sold out within four hours. Um, four um, hours? Goodness yeah, gracious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, they reckon that more than 50% of the guests that booked were actually from Australia. So as a result of oh. that, uh, Australia's got a bit of a, a leg up and we've got a, a, a sneak peek of the, the itinerary before the rest of the world did. And uh, basically what it is, it's four separate river cruises on four separate Uniworld vessels. With all of your flights and uh, accommodation, pre and post cruises, all included, you've got hosts that will take you on the entire journey, and uh, you're not just doing a Uniworld cruise um, down the Amazon or down the Rhine or whatever. It's that Uniworld experience, but low with lots of different extras and surprises uh, thrown in it as well. So, oh, uh, wow. yeah, it's a very unique way and uh, limited, obviously, because these riverboats take such a small number of guests. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this sells out in less than four hours when it does actually go on sale. That's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, I know we said we didn't have um, cruise uh, maritime history rather this week, but I have... You couldn't resist. Got, I couldn't resist because we've been talking about ship charters and we've been talking about japan as a destination and ships that were purposely built for different areas so mm. just for uh, just for the tip to round up the podcast and so that people don't <laughs> think that i've um you know gone missing <laughs> um and or, or you know gone back to the future in 2024 uh <laughs> the the qe2 a uh, very famous ship obviously that retired in 2008 it itself was chartered twice um by japan oh. by, well to, to to be to operate in japan the first time was in 1989. Uh, it was uh, chartered for, by the parent company, actually, of Panasonic uh, to, to go into, um, into port. And it's sat in port and was operated as a sort of floating hotel for a, for a sort of a convention and conference sort of uh, event. And then the ship again came back uh, for the, one of the anniversaries of the city of Yokohama and spent uh, a considerable amount of time uh, as, a, as a chartered um, accommodation ship in the port and this actually meant that many of the people in japan started to build a very strong uh connection with the ship and uh kiwi to herself was very very popular with japanese guests particularly from the 1990s onwards having had those two mm. major sort of chartered um events in in the japanese ports and this isn't just for a day or for a week or something like that. It was for it was for weeks at a time, uh, meaning that when the ship was out of service doing these these charter voyages, Cunard actually had to send their um, other ships, Sagafjord and Vistafjord, to do the uh, transatlantic crossings. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that whilst QE2 was designed for the Southampton to New York transatlantic crossing, the Sagafjord and Vistafjord, they, they were actually originally built for the Norwegian-America line and it had transatlantic liner features built into them because Norwegian America used to do transatlantic crossings. So they were actually able to quite successfully step in and, and fill uh, QE2 shoes for uh, that period, for those um, transatlantic seasons while she was out in the um, Pacific. And uh, there was actually, years later, when Carnival acquired um, Cunard and they announced 
Queen Mary II, there was a lot of chatter back in sort of 2001, 2002 about the idea of QM2 taking on the transatlantic crossing and maybe QE2 being based in the Pacific. Now, ultimately, that didn't happen, Mm. but I think it's because there was that deep love from the um, people of Japan for that. So, you know, it's interesting when cruise lines do get these opportunities and they see this this opportunity to have their ship chartered, it might interrupt their schedule. and, and require some rearranging, but it could, as I was trying to sort of allude to before, open up this whole new um, array. And although, you know, Windstar's here already, regardless of the charter, the um, the opportunity to sort of see how new mm. markets take on their ships is a really unique way for cruise lines to sort of put the toe in the water and see whether or not they should sort of commit to a, a particular region or not. Yeah, and we quite often see um, the ships chartered for big events like the Olympics, uh, Commonwealth mm. Games, and they do become floating hotels, as you say. And, oh, yes. Uh, even so, up in so, the World Cup at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, so in 2004, when um, the Athens Olympics, for example, mm-hmm. uh, another, another Cunard ship, but Queen Mary II, she was, she was brand new at the time. She was chartered for accommodation in Piraeus there. And she actually was home to... Uh, US former US President George H.W. Bush, uh, the British Prime Minister Tony Blair. They also had the US men's basketball team stayed on board the ship. So um, you know, she had quite a little um, cameo there at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then closer to home, when we when Australia was defending the America's Cup, um, and the the these festivities that were happening in Fremantle, there was a number of ships that came in and operated as hotel ships during that period, including the Achille Laro, which is mm-hmm. a very famous – maybe we should do a history segment on her, actually. Okay. Um, if anyone's interested, let us know because that's a fascinating ship um, that had a fascinating, very troubled history. Uh, but she was here as um, as a hotel sh- ship and so was the Vistafjord um, mm-hmm. operating with, with Cunard at the time. And there's some great pictures in the, I think it's the West Australian Maritime Museum that has this sort of aerial shot of Fremantle Harbour and it's got the mm-hmm. an array of cruise ships lined up doing that um, doing that charter service there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, unusual sights for a West Australian port. Mm, exactly. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, written down a killing lager. We'll weave that into any future episodes. But yes, if anybody has got any questions about a particular cruise line, cruise ship, the history of it, any uh, quirky maritime facts you want Chris to kind of explain, then do get in touch via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Click on join the show in the top right-hand corner, and uh, that little question will find its way to us, and we'll do our best to answer it. Sounds great. Chris, always great to speak to you, mate. We will catch up same time next week. Sounds good. Thank you. See you next time. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.